Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. I'm your host, Naomi, and today I'm here with Nick. Nick, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, Naomi, thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, my name is Nick Barrett. I'm the founder of Cord Brick LLC. Uh, we have our flagship product, Cord Brick, available on Amazon and our website, cordbrick.com. That's C-O-R-D-B-R-I-C-K. That's because it's a phone cord holder. So it's a weighted phone cord holder for your nightstand and desktop. Uh, also works for travel too. So that's my product and business. Um, and yeah, I'm here in Naples, Florida. Thank you, Nick. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today uh, to share your story. And um, the first question I have for you is, um, what has been your journey with your mental health? Yeah, uh, I mean, where do, where do I start there, right? Uh, I think everyone's kind of uh, mental health is a thing that evolves over a long period of time. I mean, so, mm-hmm. you know, going all the way back to childhood and just kind of uh, done a lot of self-searching and um, self-improvement efforts over the last several years since I got sober from alcohol, particularly uh, over six years ago now. Um, but it's, it's definitely been an up and down for me. Uh, I, uh, I like taking personality tests and then comparing to other people. Um, I think I tend a little bit on the, you know, uh, emotional side, maybe for a guy, if you're comparing me to some other men. So I'm, I could be a little bit up and down. I have some really high highs, and really low lows. Um, I, I feel like I experience int- uh, emotions very intensely. And, uh, so that makes me kind of like, you know, a highly feeling person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I also don't hesitate to let people know how I feel. So I don't really keep those feelings inside. Um, you know, that, that has been difficult for me to navigate. Um, this and was much more difficult in my teenage years. You know, I used to have strong outbursts and reactions and I think not incredibly uncommon for you know, teenagers and, and young men, um, to kind of maybe resist some of the rules or, you know, not like the way certain things are, um, you know, I, I always was fairly resistant to my parents' traditional ways of doing things. I, I like to I have a more open mindset, and so I like to challenge the stand, you know, status quo and uh, ask questions. And, and so, you know, that wasn't always rewarded. And so I think, you know, from a mental health perspective, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You look back and kind of see, oh, you know, maybe if someone said something was supposed to be a certain way, you know, that doesn't mean that that person knows everything, you know, as adults, I think you kind of realize, wow, nobody else really knows what's exactly going on here either. Information, things change all the time. So we're all just kind of figuring it out. So it's been, it's been a journey for me. Um, it's a lot better now though. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's always really difficult with mental health. And I think you just brought up a really good point. Most most mental health things stem from childhood like absolutely um um, when 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 you made the decision uh to get help uh uh what was the recovery process like yeah so i mean i was i had seen therapists throughout my life you know through uh arguing you know with my parents and grades and school not going as well as as maybe it could 
uh, given, you know, my, what I would call my natural, just sort of natural talent. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't work harder than I should have. Uh, <laughs> I should have worked harder than I did, you know, uh, probably, but, um, yeah, it's a tough question to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, recovery is a long process, and you yeah. change throughout mm-hmm. the process. Uh, I've been going at it six years now from you know, since being sober, and I, I would say it's it's different at every stage. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was for me, you know, not wanting to associate with my mind anymore and uh, let my feelings drive my decisions um, was just the toughest part. Just not using a substance to alleviate mental pain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll even say now, one thing that I I choose to do is I, I'm I'm someone who enjoys working out. And so I heard a, a, someone say, struggle physically, so you don't, or or suffer physically, so you don't suffer mentally. And that's one thing that for me, getting moving and really, um, putting an effort into keeping myself healthy, you know, with what I eat. And then now today, uh, my, my workout routines, I have found that when I'm feeling disturbed, it's often been a long time since I worked out or a little bit too long. And my body is sort of telling me it's, it's irritating me with this underlying, you know, annoyance. And, and, and it's hard, it's hard to tell what it is until I work out. And then it's like, Oh, ah, okay. I just needed to move. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've always been a fidgety, uh, active person, tapping my leg and moving around. So I have a high metabolism. So that's you know, that's just me. Maybe not everyone's that way. And so maybe exercise or suffering physically won't work for you. But what I would say is then suffer voluntarily towards something that will leave you with self-esteem. So one of the lessons that I have learned is esteemable acts build self-esteem. So you know, when I was, uh, you know, not as mentally healthy as I consider myself today, hopefully I'll continue to grow and now think that I'm very mentally unhealthy in another 10 or 15 years, right? And be able to look back and see all these improvements that I was able to make during that time. But now looking back maybe to age 20 or 15 years ago for me, uh, things that result in immediate gratification, you know, drinks, drugs, playing video games, just watching sports, partying, uh, you know, those things are not esteemable acts. And what happens, I think, is you subconsciously know that you're not doing what you should be doing. And what that is varies by person. But usually what it is is creating some kind of value or doing some sort of work or some mm-hmm. putting some effort, focusing your efforts in an area that, you know, is a genuinely good one and good, you know, you can put that up for what that is. But I, I think that most people know, even children know right from wrong, you know, very early in life. Um, you know, there may be a few things that, that, you know, if you didn't tell kids, they, they might just do it wrong naturally. But I, I just tend to think that based on what I've seen, most people know right from wrong. And if you know that you're doing something that is, maybe lazy or not optimal or just doesn't leave you with any value at the end of the day. After you turn off the, after you turn off a Netflix show, even, you know, do you feel fulfilled and whole inside? If you're not 
you know, feeling that way, then probably you subconsciously are seeing it as a non-esteemable act. And so you won't be building self-esteem. You'll be feeling subconsciously worse about yourself mentally. And I think that builds up over time. And mm-hmm. so I think that if you do enough of those, you know, poor behavior type things over a long period, you feel bad. And if you do enough of those good behavior things and you don't waste time and you, you know, genuinely work towards something good and valuable, you will feel good about yourself naturally and you won't have to work at it. And so I think that is, I think that's one reason I was, you know, pausing so much. I'm just reflecting on really the behaviors I used to do and now the difference uh, in my actions and how it leaves me feeling just at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely. Uh, You just mentioned really important things like um, with uh, recovering from mental health uh, to try to find a, Good esteemable acts uh, to uh, to um to to really try to help you uh, focus on other things. I think is also a really big part of it. I'm so glad you mentioned that because um, um and because it, it it'll help you uh, keep your mind off of um um what 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 you're thinking about and um yeah it'll definitely help in the long run. Um, what what advice do you have to anyone struggling with mental health? I would keep it along those lines, and I would say find a curiosity that you have that can be a productive one. Um, it can be a hobby. It could be uh, you know something related with play. Uh, say you like video games. Okay, well, maybe you want to become a video game designer. Okay, so start learning how to code and do simple, you know, creating something. Get invested in what you're doing beyond just being a consumer of whatever it is. That You know, that, that's what I would say. Um, I have a mission at Cordbrick, which is build something. And so that, that means a lot of things to me. And, uh, but what, you know, what, what it mainly focuses on is inspiring other people to go and create something. Because what happens is a bunch of unexpected things happen along the way. Um, you end up having to learn about different topics or things, and they help you in life in various ways. You make, make new connections, and you meet new people who don't know anything about your past. You know... I would, I would say that uh, people who have been very mentally unhealthy, your family is going to be the last people to notice the change in you. When you meet strangers and you've been working on yourself for a while, they're going to assume you've been this way forever. So they don't have any perspective of what the old unmentally healthy person that you were was. They never met that person. They only met the current you. So I think when I meet new people and they now today they're giving me incredible feedback. You should be on Shark Tank. Oh my gosh, you know, can you come on my podcast? You're so energetic and authentic. And I was not always that way. In fact, uh, you know, it's taken my family and close people around me, you know, quite some time to kind of buy into me as a startup founder, thinking that I could do this and would follow through on my word because I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And so the advice I would give to people is do something, take action, and take ownership in that action somehow where you are invested in what you're doing more than just being a doer of that thing. Um, and then I would say, you know, just uh, you know, 
do the, do the esteemable acts, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do other things that you know to be valuable and keep your word because, um, and uh, I kind of look at it this way. If you, whatever you practice, that's will you, what you will become. So mm-hmm. if you practice lying to yourself all the time, and what, what I mean by lying is, I mean, you know, talking yourself into, oh, it's okay for me to not do X, Y, or Z. I mean, rationalizing, right? Because mm-hmm. it's hard. Eventually what happens is you buy your own BS. Um, if, if you, it, there's a sort of a scale, I kind of like to look at it like hundred percent, right? If you get above 50% of lying to yourself, then your mind, I believe your mind kind of doesn't really, isn't able to tell the difference between truth and fiction. It doesn't know when you're telling it the truth or when you're telling it a falsehood. So you have to practice actively not lying to yourself, um, even on small things, uh, and, and really be a harsh judger of truth. And if you do that, then you'll start to believe yourself. And then when you say things, because you believe yourself, if you tell other people are going to do it, then you're going to do it. So other people are then going to start to see that you're doing it. Um, and if you can keep your word, you know, when you lose everything, the last thing you have is your word. You know, can someone buy and believe what you're going to say? And if everyone that you know won't believe you, then you really don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That was some really important advice. Um, uh, that's really important to and to everyone uh, with mental health issues. And, you know, you mentioned um, like, you know, you have to um, branch out and uh, and um, and find 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 new friends uh, who don't know if they don't know like anything about your past. I have to say, you know, I'm really glad you mentioned that because that is something that really helped me. Uh, with my mental health, just finding people who don't know anything about about you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people out there. And mm-hmm. another thing I would say, uh, I, I spent a time a lot, and I still do go to AA meetings. I was going to many more meetings in the past. Now I go to about one a week, maybe, maybe three a month or so. Um, and I love my community of fellow alcoholics because they speak my language. But let me tell you, not all of them have great things to say, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's not a surprise probably, mm-hmm. right? People are still working mm-hmm. through issues, and that's okay. They need to come and have a place to share what they're going through. And, you know, someone will um, someone will hopefully you know, guide them, or, or they can just talk it out and listen, and then, um, and, you know, listen to other people and just kind of reflect on what they said and you know, did someone stay, you know, re- you know, respond to kind of what I said or did it make sense or, you know, but what I'm, what I'm meaning to say is listen, there, there are people out there and you got to look for them who are really doing it right and who are living the life that you want to live. And there's a cliche that I quote often to people now because I have realized how true it is. It's you're, you are the sum of your five closest friends. And that is a cliche, I believe, for a reason, because most of us, me, me especially, being a high feeling individual, I can't, I can't really choose how someone affects me. They just affect me with their behavior and the way mm-hmm. they do stuff. And I, if I'm observing that and I see that, humans are extremely imitative creatures. So, who you choose to spend your time around, even if you think, oh, I, you know. 
it, it shouldn't affect me. I can choose to not do things the way that they do. It, it, it's not under your control, okay? It will affect you. It's a fact. You're going to be affected. So what you want to do is you want to choose people who are living a life that you want to live and ideally a good life, right? If they're living a life and they're getting in, in trouble and they're miserable themselves, like why do you want to spend time around that person? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was spending time around lots of people like that and thinking that I you know, was better than those people. So it was stoking my ego and then thinking that their behavior didn't affect me. But it turns out, you know, this is, I've actually kind of realized this almost over the last three or four years after seeing my nephew grow up and how he just observes and imitates his parents and everyone around him. It's unbelievable. And, um, you know, I just know from, you know, choosing some mentors and some other people as well, who've been extremely helpful and positive and successful and men that I want to model myself by after that has, they rubbed off on me that way too. So it's been both. It's been, I got rid of the, the bad and then I've gained the good and I've done that by choice. You know, um, you want to, you want to stick with the winners. That's one of the, another cliche they have in AA find people who are doing good and who aren't, don't have bad luck because I, you know, I, I, I genuinely think that mm -hmm. people, you know, if, if you think you have bad luck, you will have bad luck, you know, um, and, and uh, don't watch out for people who have bad luck, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's unfortunate for those people, but, you know, I, I would say try to stick with people who good things seem to happen to because I think that good things will probably then happen to you more likely than not. Yeah, absolutely. Finding like a really good support group is really important. Uh, and um, yeah, ev everything you mentioned is 100% correct. I think, you know, like with 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 mental health, uh, uh, it, like everything you mentioned, like um, trying trying to find the try, trying to find uh, people who um, who who are doing well, like are in a healthy mindset and then, and then it'll really, uh, influence and, uh, rub off on you. And I think that would be, that would be really good. Uh, and that will really improve your, your state of mental health too. It certainly helps if someone has been in your shoes before. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's kind of the magic of AA is like, look, there's all these people there, but they have this same problem and you're coming in as a new person mm -hmm. and, who better to listen to than people who've, who've solved the problem. So I, I do love the group support system. Um, I think it's important to watch out to not get too addicted to meetings and mm -hmm. uh, to the group and to the uh, sometimes maybe people enjoy even telling other people what to do. So you kind of got to watch out mm -hmm. for that. I mean, I always try to give the disclaimer for myself of this is just my experience I'm speaking of. So just take what you like and leave the rest. Right. You know, don't, uh, don't take everything I say word for word. It may not apply to you, but, you know, be critical of, of the advice that you're taking in. And does that really make sense for me? Do I really think this person's telling the truth? How do I verify that? Um, you know, cause my advice might not be best for everybody. It's just what worked for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Nick, for, uh, sharing your story. Is there anything else you would like to share? Uh, no, but, uh, except that I am happy to, uh, share any advice with anyone else who is choosing to build something or wants to build a specifically a physical creation. Um, although I'm not opposed to anyone who wants to 
create an app or something like that, helping them out as as much as I can as well. That's just my um, my you know minor area of expertise in creating a, a consumer product that I have right now. Otherwise, you can follow Cordbrick at Cordbrick on all the major social media platforms. Uh, you can visit my website cordbrick.com, and you can find us on Amazon too. It makes a great stocking stuffer and gift. So yeah, check it out. Thank you, Nick, and thank. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Thank and thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. I think this is going to help a lot of people with mental health issues. And so, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks for doing it, Naomi. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> All right, Nick. 